Welcome to another edition of the Independent Creator Podcast. Tonight, we're actually going to be talking about a little bit of my personal journey as a content creator. We're also going to look into the different platforms that I've used um, throughout the years and uh, also some tools and techniques that I've pretty much found that works for me. I don't know, it might work for you. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight on the Independent Creator Podcast. So let's jump in and get started. All right, so my own personal journey had started many eons ago, not really, but it was years ago where um, I was a simple little, uh, tiny little broadcaster, live streamer, trying out my uh, my luck over on Twitch. And actually, I was on a different uh, account than what I'm using right now for the past couple of years. I used a uh, account called Schrodenberg. I was more of a family-friendly kind of uh, content creator at the time. I'm still I'm PG-13-ish, sometimes delving into the R. But, you know, that point in time was where I was trying to get into um, the lucrative family-friendly side of things because there was a lot of uh, other um, a lot of other creators that were along that genre playing like games like Minecraft, Roblox, um, Fortnite, and Overwatch. I know, right? It's not really family-friendly games for the last two, but you know what? It can be. And I found some success. I actually had, um, got together with a group called The Shed. Uh, at the time it was a, I started going into trying out Mixer at the time because it just, I think at the time it was just turned into Mixer after Microsoft bought Beam and they changed the name to Mixer. So I was like, let me try this out here because after uh, a year or two over on Twitch is kind of, it's okay at the time because Twitch even now doesn't have the discoverability as it did before. It never had it before. So it was kind of, well, you got to be like very popular. You got to be like in the know-how with what is going on. And that didn't really reflect too too greatly to how I was uh, providing content. So that's why when I saw Mixer, I was like, oh, I'll try that because I can break in into a new platform or I should say new service as a a content creator with this different kind of mindset of how I like to stream. And Mixer was kind of like a, it was, it was, it was good. I found some success, especially with some, um, with other creators through the shed and, uh, was just having a great time. We had some collaboration, uh, group nights. Uh, it was, it was actually really cool. And it was something that, you really had to be part of to really experience um, is the the mindset at the time was that Mixer wasn't really, it was going to go somewhere, but we had in the back of our mind that uh, it wasn't really. So it was kind of, we'll, we'll just see what we can do, make the, the service the best that we can make it and then uh, go from there. Now, as pretty much we all know, it's kind of just, it, it died <laughs> and it's just kind of fell by the wayside. And I decided, you know what, I go make a, I go make a change for myself too, because, uh, I had also, uh, joined up 
as a co-host or as a technical director, as it were, the person, the person who pushes the buttons as a show called the uh, Beyond the Veil. What it was is that it was a podcast that dealt with the or talked about the updates and news and all the goings ons within the world of Secret World Legends, or at the time is called The Secret World. So I decided, okay, let me go ahead and break into the uh, podcasting scene. And I'm pretty much, I've been there since, oh, I think it was October. It was, I know it was October um, 2018 or 2019. I forget exactly the, the, the year, but I, I remember my first time actually producing the show being a technical director, I had full control of what was being broadcast at the time. So I was, we were using like TeamSpeak, um, going through OBS, and I was capturing the audio through from TeamSpeak and also playing the game on a single PC. And it was, it was okay. <laughs> uh, I can't really say anything else that it was any better, but... Eventually, we just start improving on a couple different things, making some changes here and there. Uh, eventually, what happened was that the Beyond the Veil uh, kind of, well, it kind of uh, went away. But myself, uh, Ocho, and Jimmy the Rabbit decided, well, what we could do is continue on. I think what we did is we continued on Beyond the Veil for a couple more uh, episodes until it was pretty much time for, okay, well, it's time for Beyond the Veil to retire. It's time for it to go and uh, join its friends in the, the pastures of podcasts of yore. So we decided to create a, another podcast based on the same premise and everything, but called the uh, Zero Point Report. And we've been doing that for the past couple of years. So it was, and change, made changes where instead of using TeamSpeak, because that was, oof. That was actually before moved everybody over to Discord. And, but we currently we use, uh, I use through Ecamm and I've been using the interview mode through Ecamm as well. So uh, if you, if you want to check it out, I, uh, I'll post up a link in the um, description down below. If you want to check out the Zero Point Report podcast, it's over on Twitch. And uh, that's what we're talking about mostly is about Secret World Legends a lot of games from Funcom. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the podcast side of things. And of course, during that halfway point in the time, I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and move away from the Schrodinger persona account. I, I was feeling is like not that many people were able to uh, pronounce it correctly or even knew what it was about. It was, it was a play on words. It was uh, Schrodinger's cat and Ember. Like an ember, uh, fire embers. So that was kind of like a play, um, combination of the two. It was a little play in words and stuff like that. So, so I decided, okay, uh, let's go into the two-ton two waffle. Because everyone loves waffles. I love waffles. I know probably you you love waffles. And um, yeah, it's other than that, it has been great with... Um, Going into playing a lot of indie games, uh, more focusing into that. Um, the indie game market is wide open. It's actually a lot better than the AAA titles that uh, are out there. Yes, I know there is the Starfield, the Baldur's Gate, 
uh, Overwatch. And those games I play as well, I, not except for Baldur's Gate. I, have, I don't have Baldur's Gate 3, but I do play Starfield. I do play Fire um, uh, Overwatch and uh, Fallout 76. I think I was, for some reason, I was thinking of Farscape, but I don't know where that was coming from. So, um, so I was kind of trying to find my own niche and see where I was pretty much fitting in. Um, I had some, some great success or some decent success playing also Star Wars, Star Wars, the old Republic and Fallout 76. I was kind of like, okay, let's try with like the MMO style of this. And I was playing those for a couple months and then I, uh, was tried to start out with Starfield and of course that failed spectacularly with trying to play it on the, the first night it came out public release and with crashes galore and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I, I don't want to play this game anymore. I can't play the game. And I just been, you know, working on indie games and going through, I started up a, a video series called the first two hours where it's basically, I go through my steam catalog and a game that I have not played, or if I have played it, it'd be less than 15 minutes. Those were the rules I had set out. So I have ooh, probably like a good 400, 350 to 400 games that I have access to that I can just play every week. And as the name implies, I play it for four, for two hours, uh, go through and, you know, grade how the mechanics is the gameplay is it fun to play or is it sucks is the game is a uh, game audio good graphics is no basically go through and reviewing the game and i give my final thoughts at the end of the episode and that's pretty much it for the first two hours I, every, and i do that every sundays at 9 9 30 p.m eastern on the uh, two-tone waffle so that's why i was trying i was just going back and forth, trying to figure out my niche, like pretty much every other content creator is trying to do, or still trying to do, or what you should do is, you know, see what works, what doesn't work. Give it some time. Don't say, Oh, after a week, Oh, I, I, I can't do this. I suck at it. So switch over to something else. Now just give it something like a uh, two, two, three, maybe six months and trying, trying things out like that. And uh, see how it works out. If it doesn't work out, just you know, switch it out. Play, do something else. Especially if you're a gameplay uh, streamer, and you know, see what works for you. You don't have to play the the latest and greatest titles. So it's something that you have to figure out yourself. Now, uh, that's pretty much it for you know my own content creator journey, going through the different. Uh, platforms and services. I'll, I'll talk about the platforms uh, next here, but going through and trying to figure out who I am as, you know, as a content creator and what kind of content that I want to produce and put out there. So let's actually talk about the different platforms I had used. And it's pretty much a lot of them are out there that have used. Some of them are still running. Some of them have uh, gone by the wayside and have just died off. And um, there's some good aspects on a few of them and some, oof, what the hell, on uh, some others. So like I said, I started out with on Twitch. Uh, that was pretty much, the, pretty much the only place that you could really do live streaming on at the time. And it was kind of, you know, the, the place to be 
at the time it was it was smaller there wasn't as many people that there are now currently uh i should say especially with after the uh, the covid bump but twitch at the time it was it was a good place it was a fun place there was a lot of changes that were coming on uh some new innovations that they were doing fortunately they don't do those things now anymore um so uh, like I had mentioned previously, I had actually moved to Mixer. I was originally looked at the Beam when they first uh, opened their doors. And I was like, oh, this actually sounds interesting. But I never really did anything. And I'm kinda, I kind of kicked myself in the butt saying, you know what? You should have tried it when it was Beam. Because you could have been a little bit bigger, a lot bigger <laughs> than you are now. And unfortunately, I waited until, you know, the Microsoft acquisition of beam and then changing the name over to mixer and then started on there and i actually had a great time on mixer there was so much that they were doing right especially at the time with the ftl uh, protocol that they were using for their streaming uh, side of things that a beat twitch hands down you had sub second or one second or less response time so when someone posts up in the chat and you see it and then you can reply to it was very quick because at the time twitch was maybe five to ten seconds and even on mobile it was even even worse it was like 30 to 40 seconds so it was kind of this, this new up-and-coming thing that really took the streaming world by you know shook it to its core not really but it was kind of like oh this is interesting and that's really cool but what was happening was that what was happening was that it was also being kind of lambasted from people on Twitch. Unfortunately, it's always that case. If something new comes out that has a great idea and, and capabilities, uh, people are on Twitch have this cult mentality to say, "Oh, it's it's just a ripoff of Twitch. It's not gonna it's not gonna last." And it's 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 sad to see people do that. They don't say hey let me check this out let me just take the time and actually check it out it might be better for you who knows if you just instantly write it off as something terrible and bad guess what you're gonna be stuck in a rut without any kind of real world experience but good, good away from that is that i i thoroughly enjoyed my time with mixer and it, what they did they had a lot of good things going about with them uh from like the stickers the uh the emotes, just everything about it, and just how the lay of the over, uh, overall look of it was really good too. Um, unfortunately, it did not uh, survive. Unfortunately, it was uh, killed by its own mismanagement and Microsoft's so not really saying, "Oh, yeah, uh, we don't like this. We don't want to do this anymore." So it was kind of a um, killed off by its own not success. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. And so a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, where do we go now? What, what do we do? Well, at the time, it was a another service. It was just, just had just came up. It was called Mad Cats. And it was, or Mad Cat, I forget exactly what it was, but they rebranded itself as Trovo. And Trovo, at the beginning... So it's, I think you probably see a lot of um, where I'm going with this. So at the beginning, everything was good until the Fire Nation attacked. So Trovo at the beginning had a lot of promise. 
they had a great thing that they were going with it. The problem was that they started to go into like a um, over. They they wanted to gamify things a little bit more, and to bring on a couple different ways of how to incorporate more user interaction, which is a good thing. It's just that their implementation of it wasn't uh, the best. And they kind of doubled down on getting things a little bit further and further away from what their core goal or core value was, was the, the, the streamer itself. Themselves, I should say, not itself, because we are a person. We're people, not a thing. And it was it was disheartening to see, and even even more now, is whenever I go back, every once in a while, I'll see what they've been doing, and it's kind of uh, disheartening to see how much gamified uh, mechanics they have been placing into their systems. It's just like everything is, uh, you treasure chests, there's embers, there's sparks, there's um, arena battles, there's team arena battles, there's. Uh, the, the kitchen sink, I mean, there is pretty much everything is gamified. And this is very confusing and very frustrating as not just as a viewer, but as a content creator looking at it. It's like you've massacred my boy kind of uh, feeling on it. And it's it's really disheartening to see that what could have been had been just, you know, stomped and just mutilated into its current iteration. So it, I don't really uh, cover or I don't even have been on Trovo over. I mean, I do occasionally go there, but as an active viewer or an active streamer, it's been over a year. Actually, longer than that, I think. I think the last time is it's been let's just say over a year, and it's a shame, really, because Trovo did have some capability of being a good. Uh, place to be is just that they completely botched how they went about things and that's that's a story that with a lot of different places that's what happens because <clears throat> when i tried uh glimish came out around the same um a little bit later glimish came out so i was like okay again as a again as a person that is constantly um experimenting with different things. I looked at Glimish and say, oh, you guys are using FTL. At that time, Twitch has kind of had caught up with the latency, but I was like, all right, let's see what this little uh, upstart is capable of. And uh, it was, again, <laughs> as with all these upstarts, it looked good at the beginning, but this time, it, this one quickly uh, kind of... You can see the writing on a wall where there was a lot of, uh, again, mismanagement all the way up. There was, of course, it was a very small team of a few volunteers. And at pretty much almost at the, the very start, you, you could see the, the cracks in the wall and how things were starting to shake out. And it was like, I I'll, I'll still support you guys because what you're doing I think is pretty good if as long as you get your act together you can you can do some good good things and it was just kind of like hmm it, it didn't go good it was uh 
quickly devolved to say, oh, wait, we're going to do advertising. And it's like, okay, that's good. Let's, let's see it. Put your money where your mouth is. And a couple posts on Twitter didn't really do anything because they didn't really keep up with it. And just kind of languish with trying to um, add new stuff into uh, to, to the service. And it was months dragged by and then quarters and is this continue and then until finally eventually it's like oh oh we're going to be doing like a re not, not really a rebranding what it was that they were saying was uh, a reimagining and then it only lasted about a good two months maybe three until the they dropped the hammers like yeah we're closing up shop we can't do this anymore and it's like yeah we knew it and it wasn't it didn't hurt because unlike the mixer it was it was kind of we saw it was coming. Yeah, Glimish had a lot of great hype at start, but you don't think that they were where they should have been before coming live. Um, a lot of people say, yeah, a lot of people are, would agree with you, saying Clinton, that a um, try to get it out uh, as uh, polished as can be, uh, because we do see that currently with a uh, another service. It's not out yet. It's a SharePlay. SharePlay. They announced oh, almost a month ago that it's only going to be a couple more weeks until we uh, launch in beta. Well, that was almost a month ago. And there's, again, there is no communication whatsoever from that team. And it was, again, at a great hype, even before they were actually released to the public. And then they were constantly saying, we want to make sure we release a product that is, I'm, I'm putting words in their mouth, perfect. Fortunately, that's not going to be the case. You get it in working order as best as you can, and then you release the product, and then you can iterate from there. It's not like you have, like, create a Porsche, and it's like, yep, we're done. It's, it's not going to... It's like, no, you iterate. You increase the horsepower. You make some different design choices. You make a... Turn into a, a sedan. I don't know. Or an SUV. Of course, they did. They, would, they did, did do that. Porsche, it's a Porsche SUV or small, small, uh, compact SUV. But anyways, getting back to the point, um, SharePlay has, there's no active hype about anymore. When you look at the discord, it is almost essentially dead. There's a few people every once in a while post, uh, they do like the good morning post, but it's like, there's the last time that any of the, 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 uh, the staff had posted was pretty much a month ago. And I I see it when I when I used it, I was lucky enough to get into the alpha stage um, to get alpha access to it. It's a great platform. The little bit that I could I all I could do is stream to it and then that was pretty much it. I couldn't play with like any of the the back end, the dashboard, because I don't think that has been completed. I don't think it is there. All they have is just the um, streaming soft, the servers, but going through it, using it, they, they have a good, a good idea. It's just, I don't think it's going to survive. I'll tell you the truth. I don't think it, it's going to be a DOA because the hype has died down. The people that were very gung ho for it 
are no longer on the discord server so there you don't there's not this rah-rah feeling there's no activities like oh it's only gonna be a couple more weeks right yeah can't wait no it's like oh it's only we make an announcement it's only a couple weeks and then a week later it's uh crickets two weeks later still more crickets um someone just posted i think this morning uh, i i replied to say yeah there was an update about it going into beta in a few weeks but that was a month ago almost a month ago and i put a link to the uh, uh added a link to the uh the post in the discord server so i don't think that they're going to have any kind of uh, it's good like i said it's going to be a doa kind of issue they're going to be some people that go me from streaming to us like, Hey, it's open. There's beta. Let's, let's go. And maybe a month to maybe four months. And it's going to, it's going to crater and it's going to crater hard. Cause they spent, they have been spending so many, so many months, so many years and say, we're, we're producing the best product, live streaming product that we can offer you. And this is going to be the best. And it's like, well, you can sit there, continue working on trying to make your product the best it can be. What's going to happen is you're not going to have a product to release because you're going to be continuing to improving on it with new stuff comes out. Oh, let's put that into it. So let's work on that. And as you're working on it, no one's using it because you're the only one that's working on it. It's not released. And it's kind of like, again, it's going to be a DOA project, which is a shame. Is again, there's high hopes for share play, but we shall see. But I don't have, I don't have high hopes for it surviving very long unless they have a lot of VC money. And currently at this point in time in how the world is right now, VC money is dried up or it's not, it's, it's, um, they're picking their bets very, very carefully. So, which leads me into LiveSpace. LiveSpace is kind of like, uh, it's a great platform. I, as you notice, I probably, I was calling all these different places services because they provide a live streaming service. LiveSpace on the other hand is a, live streaming platform because they do offer a place to post up for communities, uh, your community posts in a kind of a Twitter esque type of uh, feed. And, um, they have like a sub only place and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's a great, it's a great platform. It's, it's does have its drawbacks here and there to speak very bluntly because it's to me, I'm I'm seeing the viewership drop off. Uh, I, I'm streaming to it right now, but there is. When you look at it, you can see that there is some viewership drop off because a also with a, a streamer drop off as well. As most most of the times during the day, there's only three to four, and it's like, oh, God, this is going to be another glimmish, is it? And it's I. I want to say this, I want to say it's it's a good uh, upstart, but it's just kind of like they have to start working on getting the word of mouth out there. They have to start advertising and say, hey, come to LiveSpace and do something to try to bring in more, more viewers. 
And I know a lot of the times it's also on us as a content creator to, to bring in as many uh, eyeballs that we can, but there's only so many things that we can do to do this kind of stuff. And it's just something that I'm, I'm looking at as, as I, I multi-stream to all these different places on the any creator high, uh, hub side of things, also on my two-ton waffle side. It's kind of like, well, the reason why I do multi-streaming is so I can have my eggs in different baskets. And if I have a growing audience in one particular thing, then I can start calling down into less and less until I get into one particular uh, service or platform. So that's the reason why I do a lot of multi-streaming. I know it's just some, some say it's uh, detrimental to, you know, your stream's health, but you know, I've, I've been killing my, my uh, stream health for a long time by going to different uh, services and platforms. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. I'm on the front, front page of Lightspace uh, right now. I'm, that's why I said it's, I love the look and feel of it. It's, as you said, Sinclair, they just need to promote it more. It's just, they need to get out there and get, in front of a lot of people's eyes that, Hey, live space is here. We're still here or not go for that particular turn of phrase. It's we're still here. It's kind of like, Ooh, you don't you don't do that in PR speak, but say, Hey, we're here. Come join us for a better split. We're not kick. <laughs> don't have to put that in there too. Uh, you get 85% of your sub revenue and you get your sub button pretty much from the get-go. All you got to do is just connect your account to your Stripe account, and then your sub button is activated. So it's kind of, you know, they got to do something in getting their name recognition out there more and stop sitting on their laurels and just think that people are going to come to them. It's, it's kind of that mindset is like, build it, they will come. It's like, no, that is, that's an old way of thinking. You have to be... A proactive you have to be more proactive than the actual streamers you're you're a live streaming service give us exactly what it is that you are providing for these content creators that are better than they can find over at twitch well release release the hounds not just posting on twitter because i'm not, not Twitter is, is, again, that's a dumpster fire to be end-all, end-all. But just get your name out there and just work in getting some uh, some feelers. Because they had that, um, or they still do that, the 1,000 creators at 100%. Um, what was it? They were going to have like 1,000 1, creators get 100% of uh, their revenue uh, program or initiative that it was supposed to end back in the end of August, but they moved it out to December. I think more than likely is because they could not get enough people. They could not get a full thousand creator uh, compliment to say, hey, the program is filled up. Let's go. So they moved it. The end date is into December. And it's like, I think that initiative was good, but I think it was probably a little early. They should have had at least a thousand 
uh, streamers on the site to begin with. Because you, you, I, I, I know saying with like Facebook gaming did the same thing. And I also did a little bit of Facebook gaming as well is um, they did a hundred percent for partners, but I think what they should have focused on was getting at least a thousand streamers active on the service or the platform to begin with. But yeah, we, I'm hoping at least they're released a product. They're constantly making some changes, making, seeing what works, what doesn't, which is more important to have it out there. But I think it's kind of, uh, I'm in a wait and see holding pattern right now. I'm still using a service and it's a good service. It's a good platform, but it's a holding because I'm still using my own cast server, which I'm going to have to figure out why it's, uh, it's not working all that well right now. Um, I got YouTube and I got Twitch. And unfortunately with everything, all the stuff that's going on with Twitch is still the, to put it truthfully is the number one live streaming service for uh, live content. YouTube is good. It's just that they have to make some changes here and there, but all in all it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going good, but uh, I want to actually move into uh, the tools and techniques. Um, really I've used OBS many for many years. Uh, I decided to just a couple years ago, decided to go into a two PC setup, uh, streaming light, uh, streaming setup where I use a windows and a Mac. And on the Mac, I use a program called Ecamm. Uh, I was looked at Ecamm before I even got my, uh, my Mac mini or actually jumped into the Mac world. And I saw, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of potential with this program. True. OBS does a lot of different things, but a lot of it is also, you have to integrate a lot of plugins into the core software. Uh, Ecamm kind of makes trips that out. It does, especially now it does a lot of stuff. Like what you see here is I built all within Ecamm. I don't have to make, I don't really have to use uh, external photo software or uh, creative software like Canva or Photoshop to make, you know, overlays. This is all within Ecamm. It's just you know, using the uh, the built-in tools, but they didn't have this stuff at the very beginning. They're, they're, slow, they're slowly integrating new and new, new things into their service. And one of the things I, 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 was, uh, I was pulled into is like, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to do your live streaming and or recording of content within Ecamm. It's kind of, um, cause I've, I've tried out the, uh, software called vMix and that's on the windows side of things. And it's, it's a very capable program, but the problem is it's kind of inundating to someone who's just comes into it. Uh, cause you have like your scenes and overlays and you also have different layers and it's just like, uh, then you add in your, um, sound. Uh, your sound levels and then all that is integrated. And it's kind of, when you look at it to begin with, it's kind of confusing to look at it and you're like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know about this. Plus the high price tag. 
I think at the time when I looked at it, it was like $375. Especially if you wanted it to incorporate, if you wanted to have HD output, like at the time it was only 1080p and you can have, um, I think it was a thousand overlays that you're, you're capable of. They had, um, a cheaper version of $70, but I think that was at 720p and you can only have, uh, I believe 10 layers or overlays or whatever it was called, which, uh, is very limiting. So I was kind of like, eh. and of course I use, I had used XSplit for many, for, for a long time too. And XSplit is pretty much think of it as like a, uh, another version uh, or a different version of OBS. It's basically all these programs all essentially are the same. They take your broadcast set, you're transmitting to the internet and put it, make it in like in a pretty, pretty way that you can customize and stuff like that. But XSplit was also a pretty good program. Uh, I think it was at like 30 bucks. Hey, lo-fi. It was like $30 per quarter, which is every three months. I don't know but most, most people know about that. So yeah, XSplit was another uh, good option that I was, uh, I played around with, uh, but I always drawn back to OBS. OBS was kind of like the um, end all be all kind of thing for the encoding software. And when I moved to the, to the uh, two, PS, two PC setup, it was one of the things where it's like, okay, I'm gonna work Use, utilize Ecamm because I can see a lot of the stuff that to for my product work uh, product, uh, blah, productivity workflow. Ecamm does a lot of things that I enjoy and does it well. And also with the interview mode, it works great too because I own, incorporated into using that with the uh, podcast with uh, Zero Point Report. And I've continuously enjoy using the interview mode with that. Cause I, with the new Ecamm 4.1, the well, latest uh, version of it, you can have up to 10 people in an in, uh, interview mode. That's including you as the broadcaster. So it all depends on how your internet bandwidth is capable. You can have all 10, but if you don't have beefy internet, uh, it's going to look a little odd or not work whatsoever, but it works in my case with myself and two other people. And I've got up to, uh, had six people in interview mode and really no problem. It's, I think it's mostly because it's, I got everything going off of a uh, M1 Mac mini, which is the base model. So it's eight gigs, uh, memory, which I know I was, I should have got to the 16 gig. I'm kicking myself for that. But for my use, my 90% my use case, it works just fine with three to four people. So that's, I'm going to have to drop the uh, owncast. It's not working on owncast. But but yeah, so Ecamm, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm going to be making some, uh, I made some changes to the YouTube, my YouTube channel, the uh, Indie Creator Hub where I expanded out the playlist. I changed out the the uh, titles and the descriptions. I kind of fleshed them all out, 
made it look a little bit better. And um, going to be adding in some more content for just the uh, Ecamm, uh, for chatbots, uh, alternative platforms like I normally would do, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, incorporating it with also Envision Community, uh, some forum software, and uh, some more stuff. So to look at all the different ways I'm expanding the production value, especially with, like I said, with Ecamm, I can, I've already built a, a pretty much what you see here, an overlay package that is, is free to use that anyone can, if they, if they use or have used Ecamm, have used, no, you have to be using Ecamm. Words are hard tonight. Um, yeah, they can download it and import it into their own software and customize it however they like. But it's kind of like a, it's a um, it's a great thing that they, they just started with it because with the creating of the shapes and how everything is all built out now, I don't have to use, like I said, I don't have to use an outside program, which is great too because it kind of, um, I don't have to figure out, oh, is this... Uh, is this going to be cutting off or how's this going to look? Uh, uh, let me go ahead, upload it or add it into the, the software. Oh, it, it looks off a little bit. So I gotta go back into it. No, I can do it all in real time. Uh, change out different scenes and stuff like that. So like this scene, I get all my, um, all these little guys right here is all different elements that are built into the, uh, the overlay system. Uh, of course the text is same thing. Uh, the, Underlaying underneath the camera, that's that gray square, is essentially a gray square that you can fully customize. I can have different shapes. I can have a rectangle, square, circle, and a what's, what's called a, a squircle. What is a squircle? Is basically it's a rect a, a squared, but has it's a, not obtuse, but it has a extremely rounded uh, edging. It's, 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 it's something that you have to see. I'll show you here. Let me go ahead, add this, add that back in. So I want to make this a, and actually let me show you. So this is a live demo mode. This is, this is all Ecamm that you're, you're seeing right now. So I want to go and make this a, a squircle. So as you can see, it's kind of, it's rounded. It's kind of, a little hard to see, but it doesn't have a flat edge. It's more, it's uh, rounded. So all the different things that you can do with Ecamm is, like I said, I got my, the comments that come in from uh, YouTube and Twitch and uh, it's all integrated. I can set this up. And if I had the monetized feature on YouTube, I can also integrate, have a show Super Chats will show up here in their own tab. I can set up, you know, favorites and stuff like that. Um, I'll, I have a video going over the latest version uh, prior to the latest version. <laughs> it was a version and a half ago. But I'm going to be doing some more content on Ecamm itself and uh, showing what you can do with within Ecamm. So, so yeah, that was the tools and tricks or not tools and tricks, but techniques that I've, I've used that are pretty much what I found 
that helps me out with doing uh, content creation and also live streaming is that I started with the free versions of free software like OBS. When you're starting out, OBS is like the best thing that you can use. Um, there really isn't anything like it free wise, I should say. If you really want to start branching out, look into, depending on uh, if you're Windows or a Mac base, if you're, let's say Windows, if you want to start branching out to a more professional, I would look into vMix. Just, I think they still do their 30 day trials or it might be a 14 day trial. Um, but that's if you want to go into a more professional route of encoding software. Uh, OBS is still going to be the number one uh, pick that, that I can think of in my, my personal opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the corners are rounded, I suppose. It, it was there. If I do it here, if I make the, the corner radius. Yeah, see, it's more rounded. There's, there's more rounding to it. So yeah, for a free option, I would definitely look into OBS. Uh, it's still very capable of, and it's it's free and open source. So you don't have to pay monthly. You don't have to pay yearly. You don't have to pay a one-time fee. It's it's you don't have to pay and then just look into the different plugins for it. The move plugin I think is probably the best bet. If you want to do some cool move transitions from your different sources from one place to another, or if when you go from one scene to another. So I would definitely take a look at that. Yeah. If one doesn't want to use OBS prism live is great. Yeah. Uh, St. Clint, I've been looking, I'm still waiting on them to do a Mac version because I, I want to check it out. Yeah, but Prism Live is definitely a uh, another good option. Um, so yeah, OBS and check out Prism Live. I would stay away from Streamlabs desktop. This is my personal opinion. Streamlabs desktop is very resource heavy. It likes to use a lot of your computer resources when you... Most people are, don't have like the best uh, high-end PCs and it's kind of like, it, it takes a lot of resources more so than I think OBS, the, the actual uh, OBS version. So I believe that is it for free. It's just those two options really. Yeah, for free, there's only the two options. If, if you want to do, uh, if you don't have even the computer resources to do OBS, uh, I would look into like StreamYard or um, Melon or even Riverside.fm. But those are more for like a talking head kind of uh, like like this kind of a podcast style uh, programming. Because the way how, how they go about the stream is, is great for, you know, webcams. And... But when you try to bring in a video source or a uh, screen source, the quality is not the best because it's all web-based. So the bandwidth is not going to be there for uh, for you to be showing your gameplay skills in uh, Fork Knife. It's just it's just not going to look great. Believe me, I've we've tried it with the the Zero Point Report. We tried uh, Streamyard for a while, at least for like a couple months. And it was just it, 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 the quality of having your gameplay on stream with uh, your webcam and your guest webcams is not the best. 
Oh, yeah, if you have an NVIDIA graphics card, it comes with GeForce experience for streaming games. But yeah, it's pretty limited. Yeah, NVIDIA. Yeah, GameForce is, has that. I was, I was thinking it was another program that had it too, but it's just GeForce. It's just, your options are limited currently. There are some programs out there, like, like I said, OBS and Prism, uh, Prism Live, especially on the free route. But if you're paying, because you have to pay for an NVIDIA card, so it's, it comes with it. So you have, you're out a couple hundred dollars for a new NVIDIA card, which is a bummer. But I don't think there's any other alternative streaming encoders that are out there for free. Not from what I'm, not what I've seen. Um, definitely, if you know of one, let me know in the, uh, the community or in the comments. It'd be uh, I would love to check it out if you have any of uh, any information about that. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up this episode. If you're here during the live streaming or a live studio audience, live studio audience. Now, i got to enunciate your words better there, son. <laughs> uh, if you're here for the live streaming audience, it's great to have you. We do this live recordings every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And the episode is released a week later, same at uh, Tuesday at 8 a.m. Uh, it's also released on our the podcast playlist and YouTube, and you can find the audio version throughout your audio podcast player of choice, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Overcast, pretty much everywhere. Oh, no problem. You're absolutely welcome. That's why I do these 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 uh, type of shows, these episodes, is not only is it, is it great for me because I can learn more about what is out there, but it also I like helping other people find alternative platforms or different things that might help them as a content creator, you know? So thank you for coming out and enjoying this episode. If you want to see some more, definitely check it out on our YouTube at Indie Creator Hub over on YouTube, but also join our community at thisindiecreator.com is our forum. Also made some changes over there as well to beautify it a little bit more. But until next time, enjoy your night and uh, later taters.